beautiful people, welcome to this week's episode of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I'm your host, Olga Peters, and this is the show where we talk about how everything in Montpelier shakes out for the rest of us. I am joined today with Representative Laura Sibelia, who uh, covers the town, uh, or represents the towns of Jamaica, Wardsboro, Dover, Somerset, and Stratton. Unfortunately, regular contributor Emily Kornheiser can't join us today, but uh, she shall return soon. Laura, how are you Hi. doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, both feeling some gratitude and also tired because there is a lot of impact out there. So Yes. For the sake of listeners, we're recording this on July 13th on, on a Thursday, and it's feeling a little bit like a lull between the flooding mm-hmm. of uh, earlier in the week, over the weekend, into Monday, and potential thunderstorms that are due to hit the state tonight. I'm hearing that they're not supposed to be as bad as what we experienced earlier in the week, but um, as Chris Campany said, the rivers are still a little unsettled after yeah. after Monday. Yeah, yeah, I I get. It. I think that is an understatement. But they're pretty high. They're pretty high out there. It's uh, yeah. Be good to be tomorrow. It'd be good to see what happens tomorrow. Although you know, this is just gonna. This is part of part of what uh, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about right now. Is mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is. This is part of our new normal is, um, you know, this is part of what is predicted um, or or what was predicted Mm -hmm. uh, for um, what we would see for climate change. And it's more um, intense rain. And uh, that's been happening for a while. And, you know, we just keep getting that reinforced that this is now our new normal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And be nice to have a little break to just get ourselves um you know make sure we have a good sense of being able the best way to recover um in this moment and think about the future so well i'm curious for you laura in in southern vermont jamaica wardsboro and londonderry and weston were some of the heaviest hit towns Mm -hmm. and many of those are in your district as you've been out talking to people what are you seeing right now so it's interesting um you know as as it was happening i was seeing a lot of ptsd from irene for sure yes (laughs) um and uh now as i'm going around and um and uh, you know i was in londonderry and jamaica uh yesterday um, I am hearing from folks and also hearing from colleagues in other parts of the state, um, this real sense of, we can't just rebuild mm-hmm. in the same places. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that is a really, really difficult conversation, but, um, you know, we're seeing that some of the culverts that were put in, some of the um, resilience uh, investments are working. Um, you know, yesterday, yeah, 
Great. Yeah. Um, but there are some places where, you know, we're it's, you know, nature is saying like, you're not going to manage this, like keep trying, but you're not going to manage this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yesterday, you know, we saw this, um, I ended the day at this place in Jamaica where, um, you know, they've had repeatedly, um, you know, they keep having this, this, uh, gush of boulders and water coming down this hill, uh, where there's a huge, um, uh, amount of, um, parcels, settled parcels on the top of the hill. Mm. And, you know, it just, they're, you know, they're changing the top of the hill, this, you know, home at the bottom of the hill, um, you know, they're looking for solutions to stop getting hammered and the hammering gets worse. There's, you know, I'm really skeptical (laughs) that there is a solution for this. I mean, you, the power of what is happening, um, is pretty significant. And so, you know, how do we help um, this person. And and oftentimes, you know, when we see people who are the most challenged in these types of situations at this point, it's people with probably um, the least amount of resources to do something about it. You know, it's uh, the places that are, they're cheaper to buy or live in because there is this ongoing threat Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, it's challenging. So, you know, in uh, Londonderry, you know, uh, I saw uh, our colleague, uh, Kelly Pahala, and, you know, she she said, you know, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep building in the same places in the same way because it's going to keep happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm, I'm really um, thinking about, you know, where's the support for that level of um, adaptation? Because these, I mean, little communities, that's that's a big mind shift. <laughs> well, and it's a it's a huge um and and I wanna pause for a moment to just acknowledge that, you know, after Irene, we talked a lot about as a state about not just replacing like the six inch culvert, but upsizing it for, you know, future kind of future proofing some of our infrastructure. Um, and I want to pa- just, you know, name that what you're saying is even one step beyond that of getting some of these villages out of where they historically ten- tended to build, which tended to be along rivers, tend to be at the bottom of a valley. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of a town like Wilmington, which is where I was most of Monday. And yes, PTSD, people were watching the river and I could, I kept hearing not again, not again. And people were swapping stories of what they had witnessed on the, on, uh, in 2011, kind of processing what they were seeing now. And, but you think of a town like Wilmington, which is its whole community infrastructure, the buildings, the piping, the electrics, they are all tied into this very dense downtown along a river. And it's not something you can just take a crane and go and, and plop in a new place. Like that's a serious change to, to move like a town like Wilmington away from the Deerfield. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
I've been thinking about I've been thinking about that a lot um, and thinking about what happened after Irene in Wilmington, for instance. And, um, you know, we had a planning director who um, we had or a zoning, a zoning person who um, in the early days was telling uh, all of the business owners, you know, you need to stop because we're going to have to elevate. Everything's going to have to get elevated. And, you know, people were panicking um about that you know and we said just keep going keep going keep cleaning out um keep going uh we're gonna be you know we'll be okay and um and uh, shortly after that you know within the you know month month and a half two months after three months maybe after the time kind of blends together so FEMA was camped out long term um you know in Wilmington and uh, I remember them. They called me in to come and talk with them, and they s- said they've got to move the town. They have to move the town. And yeah, that's no small thing. That is a community that is literally knitted into the landscape. How do they do that? How do they even contemplate that? Yeah. And you think about that for these other towns where we're seeing this repeated damage. And this is the thing that is really going through my head today. You know, there has to be um, there has to be a real order of magnitude <laughs> um, increase in the thinking about adaptation for our communities and acceleration of it. Because, uh, you know, we can't just we can't just say you can't be there anymore or we can't you know, you can't armor your place in the river because you're harming somebody else. That's true. (laughs) And if you rebuild here, you're going to get hurt. That's also true. What are these people to do? Like, you know. (laughs) Well, and and looking ahead, what are what are towns like, you know, Brattleboro, um, my editor Randy at the at the Commons mentioned that um, Bradbury and the Whetstone, some of the measures they took after Irene really did help this time around. But when yeah. you think of maybe Bradbury wasn't hit this time, but how do you move that community of what eleven thousand people at the at that sits at the juncture of the Whetstone, the West River, and the Connecticut? <laughs> But you can't, we're not going to move. That's Vermont. You know, all of Vermont is settled around these rivers, but we can't, we, we just have to, we have to, um, we really need some bigger picture thinking about how do we reinforce, um, you know, the places that it makes sense to reinforce that are, that are the most, um, that are, well, and, and and how do, you know, I was talking with uh, one of my colleagues at my year-round job this morning, um, and she was saying, you know, and how do you retreat? You know, like, this is, a, this is an area that we're retreating from. We're not investing here. You can invest there, but we're not. And we, what we're doing is we're looking at this other area in our town, we in our region. We as the state, or we as the planning, yeah. or we as the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or we as the state are helping, you know, uh, Londonderry, Jamaica, Wilmington as the town, you know, find another place to start retreating, you know, from how do we, you know, how do we find another spot where we can have homes built? And, you know, you think about the amount of money 
Okay. Oh my God. That we have appropriated uh, this year <clears throat> for housing. And then you think about what's going to happen in our state with FEMA dollars that are going to come in, which will be a pittance. However, they're leverageable. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, well, when we think about residents, you know, I mean, in Wilmington, I think there were, you know, you lost, you know, if your apartment was flooded, you know, you got $3,000, which is <laughs> nothing for, you know, someone who's living in an apartment in a flood zone. And it, particularly now where there's no place else for you to go, yes. you know, in your home as a buyout, you know, you're, you're getting less. So, but, but how do those dollars, you know, what could we do with those dollars? Uh, how could we leverage those dollars or utilize those dollars um, with the funding that Vermont has, you know, set aside or, or appropriated for housing? You know, those, like how can we, take this moment to maybe create those retreat zones or help communities create those retreat zones. And it just seems like it's really important. Uh, we and, and communities are not gonna be able to do this on their own. No. It's too, you can't, it's too big. You know, the, these. The, this is the type of role for government. Uh, these are the types of problems for government. You know, government isn't the answer to everything, but you know, climate change adaptation, that's not a market um, problem. That's a humanity problem so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well um have you had a i've been thinking about this a little bit yeah just a little bit but that's okay i'm glad someone <laughs> probably um, about it really. i i had someone here just before we we started recording patching my roof because it started to leak during the storm so and I think of how much energy it took me to just take care of that one patch on on this house so uh yeah a whole community mm -mm. that's that's a big scale of, of yeah so I mean they're little you know they're wonderful select boards maybe they've got a couple of full-time you know maybe a couple of full-time employees but we're you know we're looking at like how do we adjust the topography and something that is changing that is continuing to change a very dynamic situation yeah so, you know like our communities aren't populated with you know people specialists in that you know i mean we have to we have to do more i think mm -hmm. as a state to help communities adapt and have country you, have you had a chance to talk to uh other reps or members in this of, of the state about this? Have you heard any ideas of possible ways forward or? So I sent out um, a little message to all of my colleagues um, on, I think it was Monday, um, just with some wishing them all well and, uh, you know, very high level, you know, here's a few things that we, that may help you, you know, if you haven't been through this before, help your community. And, you know, I've heard back from um, folks, just different messages, you know, someone from Montpelier, you know, rallying, you know, it's, we're going to get through, they sound like Wilmington, you know, after Irene, and, and you know, we're going to get Montpelier ready for you to come back. And, um, and then, you know, the last message I got this morning <clears throat> was from uh, Representative Tesha um, Bus, who is a new um, right. representative from Woodstock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she had to have guests evacuated and she's really contemplating this question that, um, you know, and what Kelly had said, you know, to me yesterday, like, we can't keep building here, you know, like, as I'm thinking about how, how do my people, she, she said, how do, you know, how will these people evacuate next time? 
you know, this time it was in a bucket loader, you know, next time will it be in an ambulance? Right. And we have to think about what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I've heard from folks up in the kingdom, um, you know, who were cut off, um, you know, and then had folks that were, they, they have people that were inundated and, you know, they're trying to figure out how do we, how do we help? You know, there's no capacity here in the town. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like we understand this Mm -hmm. is, so it's, it is, it's, it's a, it's a big problem, you know, and it's not, I, I don't believe it's meant to be solved case by case, you know, I mean, we all affect one another, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this notion of, you know, not armoring, um, or when you do armor a part, a side of the river, you affect things downstream or when you're developing at the top, you know, you may be changing how the water comes down the, the hill and what happens to that house. Right. Um, you know, we're all connected. And so you can't have these, that was another thing yesterday. I just had, you know, so many people wanted to come and talk to me and tell me about the culvert, their culvert. Mm-hmm. That the state had done or that the town had done and uh you know their culvert needs to be fixed you know but as soon as you fix the culvert you change everything and, and it may in fact need to be fixed mm-hmm. but when you do that you change what's happening downstream of it you know and so but it's not none of these things happen in isolation you know so it's, it's a system not a yeah not a yeah. little squares yeah 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 so i know when you've been on the show previous previously at one point with around the issue of climate change, and I think it was at the time the state was, or the legislature was passing the Global Warming Solutions Act. One of the things we talked about a lot was how do we adapt without leaving people behind? And I'm wondering, had some of those, are those previous conversations, how are, how can they inform this conversation now? It's interesting. Well, so some of the, um, one of the major investments that the state has been making is in supporting the formation of these CUDs and expanding and the expansion of broadband, which is not finished, but it's ongoing and it's definitely well underway. Um, And we will be, I remember uh, after Irene, we had an in-person meeting and people were so desperate for information. You know, they drove from, you know, far far away over a lot of broken roads to get to Dover to have this in-person meeting. And we are contemplating here um, at the um, at my year-end place, um, a technical assistance meeting soon for folks um, with just, you know, pe- people have forgotten or weren't here, you know, what, hap- what happens next? What does FEMA actually do? You know, um, these types of things. So some high level information and uh, that will be a that will be a virtual meeting, mm-hmm. which was not possible um, in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, point. yeah, and you know the power. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the power's back. Um, you know, it, I think um, most people are connected. So you know, after Irene, we saw those impacts were much more long standing um the loss of electricity or the loss of a landline mm-hmm. yeah i remember that. yeah Jeez, i think we were weeks without power and months without 
we had in in um Whitingham we had we have we still have a lot of those old copper wires for our landlines and uh something happened with the phone exchange where we could only call the 368 exchange and so I don't remember how long that lasted but it, it started like a little phone tree like you just would call all your neighbors what have you seen what have you heard and then you'd report it back down the line within the 368 um, area code, which is Whitingham and some of Halifax. Halifax, yeah, a yeah. little bit of Halifax. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Although, hopefully, that's going to change for you this year. I think I think the um, I think the CUD is building in Whitingham this year. They're building oh, in Reedsboro. Right. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. in Reedsboro, and I think Whitingham's next. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So yes, that'll be great for you. Um, so for people you know, I mean, who don't know the CUD stands for Communication Union Districts. Yes. yes, yeah, and that is the state's strategy for universal broadband. It is, uh, they there are municipal uh, organizations made up um, with representatives from you know uh, participant towns, um, and uh, it's modeled after EC Fiber, which is another municipal accountable entity. Um, it's the first CUD in. The state and they actually just celebrated the end of their first build, um, which took them a decade, um, maybe more than a decade. Uh, but they they kind of went through all of the things uh, and also had to raise money in a very different way than um, the CUDs have here. So, you know, Vermont Innovation, and then we found a way to leverage it and accelerate it, uh, and that's what's going on right now. So. You know, we can do these types of things. You know, we can we can we can adapt um, if we want to, and if we're clear on what the problem is and what we're trying to achieve. So, um, you know, the it, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of other things that um, have really held um, from last from last time, and you know, and I mean, in Jamaica, there's there's things that you know definitely seem to hold, you know, bigger, better infrastructure. They were talking about last night. There were bridges that held a lot better. Um, mm, that's uh, great. Yeah. Um, but there's also places, you know, that were the same places that lost mm. last time. And again, it's, you know, this notion of, are we really going to control Mother Nature here? You know, like, <laughs> like, no. how do we? Yeah, right. So, you know, so how do we like, how do we acknowledge that and then also not abandon these people and their needs? You know, like, how do we do this? So, yeah, like maybe the bridge can't go back in that specific place, but then where can it go? Yeah. So that folks on both sides of the river can, yeah, can get across. Yeah. 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 Big questions. Lots to think about. Big questions. questions. Very big questions. <laughs> yeah, but we have to figure it out. We have to figure it out. You know, people get people get discouraged, um, and um, and and they're not safe this way. You know, it's not safe to right. say to you know. So, well, on that note, we're going to hear from some of our underwriters on WVEW one hundred seven point seven LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. Uh, but stay tuned. The Montpelier Happy Hour will be right back.
second half of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I'm your host, Olga Peters, and if you're just joining me, I'm speaking with Representative Laura Sabelia, and we're kind of looking at the aftermath of some of the flooding in southern Vermont that happened over the weekend. And just to note, we're pre-recording on July 13th. There are storms predicted tonight and tomorrow, so what we talk about now may change in the next few days. So be warned. And quickly, just because Emily is not here, unfortunately, it falls to me to say the views and opinions of the Montpelier Happy Hour are those of the hosts and the guests and not their employers, not the state, not their pets, not the hot, humid air that's circulating out there right now. Just us. Um, Laura, thank you for being here. And for those who don't know Laura Sebelia, she is a representative for the towns of Jamaica, Wardsboro, Dover, Somerset, and Stratton. And we were talking about adapting. And how do we adapt from a historical pattern of settling very compact villages around rivers, usually in a valley, um, which is a settlement pattern that is given the increase in rain and the, the increase in climate change, we uh, may not be able to sustain. And, and what do we do about that and how do we adapt? Um, any more thoughts on that before we kind of turn to roads and, and what's on the ground right now, Laura? Laura? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, clearly we're we're not going to abandon all of our towns, but you know, I think we we again, I think we have to think about these areas of, you know, here are safer places, here are additional places, here's the parts of our villages that we think we can protect, and here are the parts that we think we cannot, and you know, like we we've got to acknowledge that, and you know leave that there and go towards this, you know, other place that we want to, in our community, um, encourage people to move to. And and we need help doing that. Mm-hmm. That can't fall to individual communities. You know, we need state and federal assistance in doing that and thinking uh, at that big level. So, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of systems do we need to start putting into place because, you know, as you said, we need state and federal help. And a part of that's money, right? Like individuals cannot afford to pick up their house and move um, on their own in, in most cases. So, but what else do we need in place? Do we have enough people who understand rivers? Do we have enough, you know, contractors who understand climate change and impact and and where to build? I mean, what other kind of systems do you think we need to be putting into place to actually make these adaptations? You know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, some of them are organizational, you know, I mean, a lot can happen. A lot needs to happen before, you know, investment of dollars makes sense even, you know, and that's, you know, developing some consensus and, and, um, understanding of, again, do we have a shared understanding of what the problem is and what, the desired outcome is and uh how do you get that in you know like you can get that in a neighborhood that's too small of a you know a too small of a unit for climate change although you know some aspects of it we can get that in a town also mm, 
probably pretty small and that's a big job for, you know, just our, uh, you know, volunteer select men um, to be tasked with. Um, and we, you know, we don't have county government in Vermont. I'm not sure that we need county government in Vermont, but it's, I don't know that people understand, um, you know, like what the level of capacity that that something like that brings in other places. You know, it's it's looking at a broader area and right. thinking about um, bigger systemic solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Vermont's one of Vermont's superpowers is the power of the individual mm-hmm. person, the power of the individual town. And, you know, so I, I don't think that I would suggest, you know, that we need to get rid of that. But we really need to look at. And I have found that this is true, actually, in a lot of work that I've done um, outside of the legislature and inside the legislature. When the pain is great enough, people will say they're willing to contemplate doing things differently. And, you know, in, in some instances, it may mean in this instance, uh, we want to think about this with our neighbors mm-hmm. um, and with a larger group of people about how we all protect ourselves, you know, and, and state government and federal government can help encourage those types of conversations with um, technical assistance, with financial assistance, um, you know, data, uh, you know, here. <laughs> so, those are the types of things that I think we need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. As you've been out, because I know you've been touring a lot of Southern Vermont right now, getting into the towns and, and seeing what's on the ground. I attended via Zoom, yay, London yeah. Dairy's emergency select board meeting, either Monday or Tuesday night. I can't remember which it took place. Uh, must have been Tuesday. And they were talking about repairing their roads and how they've been working with independent contractors to get most of the roads. I think the select board chair uh, called them open, passable, but one lane, you know, so at least, fun- you know, somewhat functional, but you you don't want to go 60 miles an hour and try to hit, you know, slam on your brakes. Um, definitely. What are you seeing for for roads as you go as you go through because i as the impression i'm getting is most of the damage in southern vermont was road related rather than um uh loss of buildings loss of lives yeah yeah that's definitely um that's definitely what i have been seeing um you know i will say in wardsboro there was a home that was washed right. away um oh, thank you and, you know, certainly a number of people that were displaced in uh, Londonderry, in Weston. Um, and, you know, there were some folks that were trapped for a while in Jamaica um, just because of the roads mm-hmm. um, washing out. So, uh, you know, there's there's a place right there thinking systemically. You know, we've got, um, you know, in our little region, we've got six different select boards, <laughs> you know, interpreting and, and utilizing, um, uh, you know, state and federal regulations as they may mm-hmm. uh, with their with their road commissioners as they interpret and determine is necessary, um, working on, you know, their roads across uh, the region. And, you know, maybe there's, maybe, um, maybe there's, uh, maybe there's some higher level of doing that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I know I, I've talked to a lot of our road commissioners this week. Uh, they're all trying to actually access um, more locally 
uh, available materials, um, which we've been working um, with the governor's office to see if that's possible. We have a few, and, and Senator Hashim has actually gotten involved in this as well, mm-hmm. um, looking to see if there there's a few um, uh, gravel pits that are currently not functional. Can we get in there? Is there a way to get in there under the emergency to help rebuild these roads? So uh, I, I think that's definitely a high need in the region. Um, you know, in, in um, Wardsboro, a couple of days ago, I was talking to the road commissioner in the morning and you, know, you, you can't get, you couldn't get out of South New, South Wardsboro, which is kind of halfway between where I live and their village center. And this is a place that the road wears away every time, every time. I'm not sure, you know, and so I, I don't know. Um, and they're out there. They're out there right now. They're rebuilding. The excavators are out there. They're uh, moving things around, trying to make it passable. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Pikes, uh, Pikes Falls Road in Jamaica. It's another place that, you know, it's washed out again you know it was washed out in irene it's always a mess and you know so what are we doing there you know like what maybe maybe (laughs) maybe we could agree that we want um there to be accessibility from point a to point b and then maybe we could also agree that that is not this road is not going to function in that in that in that solution we're gonna have to come up with a different solution you know, so, yeah. Do you know, and I'm going to probably completely make a hash out of this description, but I thought the state was working with towns to do hydrological assessments Mm -hmm. of their Mm -hmm. roads and culverts and rivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was talking to the... um, chair of the Jamaica Select Board last night, and uh, they've done that in Jamaica, but everything's changed. Mm. You know, I mean, when things move, they move. And when the when the weather changes, you know, your, your variables are changing, you know, and so what is going to happen changes. And so that was actually one of the things that she had um, highlighted for me that uh, was a priority for her was getting another hydrological assessment and thinking about, you know, like this is just going to keep happening. So she, she, you know, herself is saying, you know, we've, we've got to think about different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. So yes, those hydrological assessments will be important and helpful and, you know, and getting as many folks in the community, I think, you know, how can we empower communities, get them, get more people in those communities, more knowledge and, um, you know, empower them to help figure out, you know, what are the outcomes that we want, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, start adding to the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's an important uh, piece of the puzzle is, as you mentioned, on both ends of the equation, you've got, we have to agree on the problem, which mm-hmm. is its first hurdle. <laughs> but then we need that there to is agree. a problem yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then we need to agree on the outcome which that we is want its own hurdle yeah. yeah yeah well you know i mean i think with facilitation you can get there mm-hmm. you know i mean I, we tend to overcomplicate things but i you know i mean i think you know if we're thinking about um 
I don't know, I'm optimistic that, you know, if we actually act with some intention on those things, we can get somewhere. We can get somewhere, you know, if we're acting intentionally and if we're and if we have some real serious um, assistance and backing and coordinate it um, and something that's accessible. I mean, honestly, FEMA is not accessible for regular, you know, yeah. humans. It's you know, it's it's a superhuman game. So. <laughs> yeah, you have to really like fine print and bureaucracy. Yeah. To get yeah. And, and all these yeah, and all of our communities are going to need to deal with it. And, you know, it's the, it's, you know, one of the biggest opportunities that there are for roads and other things. So we'll have to, you know, assemble the superhumans to deal with, you know, with FEMA. But, you know, that's not engaging the rest of the community really in um, what we need to get done here. Mm -hmm. How do we keep, how do we, how do we suffer less? Because <laughs> we could, I'm sure there are ways that we could suffer less. One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard about, uh, or do you have any advice for folks who maybe need to make a claim mm -hmm. or need to report? Because, and, and I'll back up. What I think is very important about this time and, and kind of the aftermath of the flooding from this weekend is we need to be really good about collecting data. For multiple reasons. One, we need to make sure people who need services get those services. But two, we need to find out what we can learn from this event. So as you said, as we go forward with our adaptation and our changes, we actually have data, like good solid data to work from. And I'm going to pick on my home state as much as I love Vermont. Sometimes we're not so good at collecting data. Yeah. Uh, have you heard or do you have advice for folks um, I've heard people should call 211 uh, to make a claim or to share information. I don't know if that is that, but that was a couple days ago. So I don't know what they're suggesting now. Yeah, uh, they are still suggesting to call 211. Okay. Um, they, the, the state is suggesting uh, that. Um, you know, I actually sent out a little note to my colleagues who maybe some of them had not ever been through, a lot of them have been, but those who maybe had not been through any kind of natural disaster, uh, just with some things that might be helpful for their community. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, you know, the number one most important thing that people can be doing right now is documenting. Um, mm -hmm. Document the damage before you do anything and over-document it take a lot of pictures of every angle <laughs> that you can safely take. Um, you know, yesterday we spent some time really doing an inventory of what we were throwing away, which was important, um, but it was very tedious. Mm -hmm. um, and then document um, cleanup. Um, and in a dynamic situation, which we are in right now with, as you you know have mentioned, uh, more rain incoming, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things could change. So keep taking pictures, keep um, track of what's happening. Um, you know, obviously you're contacting your insurance company and, you know, whatever they tell you to do, you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you need to stay in touch with your emergency manager in your town okay? Um, because they are really the central point of information in and out um, about what's happening um, in your town and what resources are coming. Uh, calling two one one, it's important. I you know, and as I said to my colleagues, you know, um, 
you know, ask that your folks keep your prize of whether or not they are reaching anyone. So, you know, I am hearing that, um, you know, callbacks are not coming as quickly as one might hope, um, which indicates to me that, you know, 211 may be getting really swamped, as it were. Right, right. No pun um, intended. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, FEMA is going to help with roads and some property buyouts. And that's probably about it. Yeah. And it will probably be complicated and take a while. And so really for um, you're looking at insurance, um, additional debt and philanthropy to recover from this, you know, and, you know, how many times, you know, for those that are dealing with this over and over again, can you go there? Um you know, so right now, I think, you know, trying to take care of each other, check in on each other, um, keep morale up um, and and stay close with your communities. You know, make sure you're attending your select board meetings, volunteering um, to help, you know, sort through these issues. Everyone's needed. Everyone is needed. You know, there's something that you can do. You know, maybe you can bring muffins to the uh, to the working session or you know, maybe you're the chair of the working session, or maybe you're out taking photos or, you know, everyone can help. And it's, that's the scale of this problem where everyone is needed to help. So. I, I want to add to what Laura said about make sure you document everything. Again, listening into some select board meetings, you know, document your time, especially if you're, mm -hmm. a, you're a small business owner and your, your business has been hit, you know, document the time that you spend taking the photos and cleaning up, um, document volunteer hours. Yes. If anyone shows up to help volunteer, uh, and I, it sounds so tedious, save every receipt yet. I, I do believe it pays off in the long run to have mm -hmm. that information. Definitely does. It definitely does. And it's, uh, you know, those are the, those are the, what do we do in the immediate aftermath um, steps, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and there are a number of different um, places to volunteer. You know, I would not necessarily encourage you to hop in your car and just randomly pop in someplace. Um, there are, uh, you know, if you are in a place that was not deeply impacted, you know, it, if you Google that town and, and the word volunteer, there's a good chance you're going to find a Facebook page or some group, or if you look on their town website, that'll help direct you. And, and uh, you know, getting that organized in communities, I think right now is, is pretty important. Um, and I think there's a lot of help that is coming in or wants to come in. Yep. Yep. And for for you as a representative and and a member of the state what okay how do i want to ask this so technically the the legislature isn't in session right now this is off session time mm -hmm. so does that limit what some of what you can do as lawmakers right now no absolutely not and I, and i definitely would encourage folks to reach out to their lawmaker because uh, if they're incur if they're you know particularly if they're encountering a problem mm -hmm. um, that you know they're having a hard time solving, we can oftentimes we can get uh, an answer. It's unfortunate, but we can get an answer faster um, than, um, and we may it may just be because we know who the right person is to ask. Right. right. So, um, mm -hmm. 
yeah definitely definitely just the day before (laughs) yeah and i will take this opportunity to say um for this job that we love that we seek to get elected to do um all of this work will be unpaid yes yep yeah you're and done gladly now (laughs) yes yeah yeah um speaking of of jobs and paid in your daytime job you mentioned there's going to be a technical assistance zoom meeting soon what does that entail i think a lot of people don't know what technical assistance means yeah you know so i was out with um with uh my boss uh the executive director at the bdcc adam grinald yesterday and you know we were hearing you know kind of similar questions over and over you know like well what's coming next and what is fema going to do and what should we do um and those high level questions right now are the questions that we want to just provide people with, you know, just some answers. And we've had um, at the BDCC, we've had some success doing these kind of capacity building webinars where we're, you know, okay, who are the points of, uh, you know, who are the dispersal? Where, where are places that people get information from in various communities? Let's gather those places together. Mm-hmm give them information so that all of these folks are kind of hearing the same thing Mm. and then can help kind of, you know, so a big kind of network out and then in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a lot of that actually during COVID. And so um, I know that he's thinking about that right now and uh, working on, you know, some of those type of events, which I would expect will come out pretty quickly. Okay. And uh, what's the BDCC's website? So people can- It is the Brattleboro Development is it that's a good question Olga let well, me I just had to ask look for at some it. reason it never sticks in my head I don't know why let's uh wow and it's not even it's brattleboro.development.com okay. and that is a unfortunate name this is the Wyndham region it's not even Wyndham County because we cover uh, Weston as well, which is Windsor County. And we actually work all the way across Southern Vermont. We work with our partners in Bennington County uh, uh, through something called the Southern Vermont Economic Development Zone. So don't let the name discourage you from uh, seeking information. It's really for um, Southern Vermont. Yeah, it's not just Brattleboro information. Thank you. So that's brattleboro.development.com. Yes. Okay. So yep. you can- and I would expect we'll see something in the next day or two. Great. So folks, check in on that that website if you if you if you're looking for technical assistance. I heard that um, the uh, Vermont Community Foundation has started a flood relief um, program or or grant program or fund, I should say. Uh, do you know of any other philanthropy right now that people should keep an eye on? So we were talking about this up in Londonderry, you know, Londonderry has a fund. There are um, uh, a number of different organizations. I don't have them on the uh, tip of my tongue right here, but uh, if you want to help, if you want to help generally, the community foundation is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to help specifically again, um, you know, Googling the town and um, you know, uh, flood fund, flood uh, program will probably bring you to to that um, or talking checking in with their town office mm-hmm. any other advice for folks uh, any other advice for folks um, just keep 
keep documenting, even with this weather that's coming in, make sure that you are being really careful out there on the roads. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of impact across the state. And so, you know, assessments are coming um, sometimes quite a bit after the fact. Um, you know, I know they shut down a portion of Route 30 yesterday that I had driven on previously mm -hmm. in the day, um, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> um, that's undermined. So uh, be really careful out there. Um, be careful on, um, and particularly with new rains, you know, we don't know what may have happened. Um, and uh, be alert and uh, be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and not need to be rescued yourself. Not need to be rescued, no. But um, also think about how you can how you can help. You know, and and it may just be sitting quietly at your select board meeting for a couple of months and listening to the process and learning about what they're dealing with, um, so that you are able to become a thoughtful participant in the town's efforts to adapt. Thank you. So, yeah. Well, Representative Laura Sebelia, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here today and best of luck to everyone who's out there. Yeah. Whether you're Thank rebuilding you, a road or you're, you've been evacuated um, or you're volunteering to help. Uh, I, I think it was, um, I interviewed someone in Jamaica who said she's always really impressed with how her community comes together in a crisis. Yeah. Um, it's the best of Vermont. Yes, that's a Vermont superpower. Be nice mm -hmm. if we didn't have to exercise it so often, but yes, it's nice it sure to know would. It's there. <laughs> sure would. <laughs> um, Laura, if people want to reach out to you, if they have any questions, how, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I actually, all my contact information is up on my website. I also put out information from time to time, and that's laurasabiliavt.com. Thank you. And as Thank al you. always, you can find the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. You can also subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. And thanks to BCTV, you can find us on many of the public access stations. Ooh, tripped over that one across Vermont. So thank you to BCTV. Hey, everybody, take care, stay safe, and have a good weekend. <laughs>